Happy Halloween! Uh, if you can't tell, I'm dressed up as someone who isn't utterly disappointed with their college football team. We're going to talk about why I have to dress up on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is that you want to do. But I'll oh, 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 and join the Locked On Gators Discord if you want. Um, links in the description. <laughs> but whew, Florida versus Georgia happened this past Saturday. And I'm, I'm going to say this before I even talk about the actual game itself. There are a lot of complaints that you could have for both sides of the ball. Offense, defense, even special teams. You could have complaints. But as a more general blanket statement, you can point these certain things out and point them out as execution errors, but you also have to acknowledge, remember, and accept that the Georgia Bulldogs roster is so much more talented than the Florida Gators roster. That's just something to keep in mind where some of these things you can go, oh, they screwed up the execution, like a drop pass, stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes you're just going to get beat because the team has more talent than you. That's what, that's what happens. But I think when we look at the offensive side, which is where we'll focus right now, we have to look at who is arguably the most talented individual on this entire Florida Gators team, which is Anthony Richardson. And you have to, I think, acknowledge, accept, and remember something that if you've listened to Locked On Gators for a long time, um, I've been talking about this for a long time. Anthony Richardson is so wildly inconsistent. And even though we know that, and we know to expect that it is still just so immensely frustrating to see. And I think that that's fair to acknowledge as well. Like, yes, we all know that, yeah, he, he's incredibly talented. He's inconsistent. He struggles with this. He struggles with that. It still infuriates everybody, I think, to see that play out. I think it, it infuriates people to different levels um, where, you know, maybe we say, yeah, that's what, that's what you get when you have him. And some people are like, why can't you be good, Anthony Richardson, today? Um, I will say, as far as this game goes, Florida versus Georgia this year, easily his most aggressive game throwing downfield. And I get it. A lot of it came while the game was out of reach, and I'm putting that in quotes because, of course, Florida's down 28-3, rumbled back to 28-20, and then it fell off the rails again. Uh, also, for because this was a discussion that was being had in the Lockdown Gators Discord where 
Uh, people were talking about there was a Georgia penalty on the extra point for Florida, and it would have made it half the distance to the goal. Florida was down 28-19 after the touchdown, so it would have made it half the distance to the goal, and you can go for it, and then you're down 28-21, and you're down exactly a touchdown. But the reason that Billy Napier didn't go for it is analytics. No, it, it, it's, I mean, yes, it's analytics, but it's also just you're down nine points. You kick the PAT, you're down eight, and it's a one-score game. You go for two, you're down seven, and that's a one-score game. But if you go for two and you don't get it, it's still a two-score game. So that's why they, they took the PAT, and they were like, okay, we're just going to deal with it then. Um, but going back to Anthony Richardson, 12 of his passes went 20-plus yards downfield. The most he's attempted in a game. The most targeted range in the game was deep down the field and deep down the field to the left side of the hash, which is, I mean, kind of relevant considering Anthony Richardson hasn't thrown a ton to his left this year. Uh, So to see him challenge not just vertically, but also actually make Georgia defend every blade of grass was impressive. Also, he looked good at certain points. He struggled at certain points, which we expected. Uh, The Xavier Henderson long touchdown was Xavier Henderson running up the seam or running up the sideline. Anthony Richardson looked off the safety because he was just staring down where it looked like he was going to throw to that flat, and then he threw it over. It was also a bad pursuit angle by the safety. I think it was Malachi Starks. Um, Bad angle to try to cut off the ball. Didn't get there in time. Xavier Henderson had nothing in front of him then but green grass, and so he was gone. Uh, But it was great to see Anthony Richardson get a little bit more aggressive, but you still ran into so many and too many of those mental laps that he has. Um, for example, it was fourth and I think six, and Florida's going for it. Anthony Richardson, you know, breaks a sack. He's rolling out. He's about to get sacked, and he throws it out of bounds. And he threw it away on fourth down again late in the game when it was already over, but Florida was just on offense, and he threw it away on fourth down. And that's incredibly frustrating because I get it. You don't want to throw a pick. You don't want to have Gators fans go, oh my God, he threw a pick again. He sucks and all this stuff. Fourth down, if you're going for it and you're losing and, and it's one of those situations, you can't throw it away. You, you just can't. Throw it up as high as you can, as far as you can if you wanted to, but don't throw it away. At least give somebody the opportunity to make a play on the ball. Think about it. If you throw a pick deep downfield, that's ba- that's a punt, basically. You throw a pick deep downfield, that's a punt as long as someone makes a tackle. You throw it deep down the field, your receiver might make a play. You might get a PI. You might get a break. You, I mean, you couldn't really run it there, but yeah, you... you throw it away, and you completely eliminate anything positive. Like, if you throw it deep downfield and it falls incomplete, guess what? Georgia gets the ball from the same spot that you that they would have gotten ahead to just throw it away. And you give your you give a receiver a chance to make a play. I, I think the throwaway was one of the worst decisions we've seen, and I think not enough people are talking about how horrible that decision was. You cannot throw it away when Anthony Richardson threw that away on fourth down. Um, he also waited way too long to get aggressive as a runner. I, I don't know if that's on Billy Napier. I don't, I don't know who that's on. It took way too long to get aggressive as a runner. And I get it. He got banged up on the first.
first play of the game or first drive. I don't remember if it was the first play, but first drive. But that was also like that's been his issue all season. Anthony Richardson gets hurt incessantly. Slide, dude. Like slide. Don't take the hit then. Don't don't go running out of bounds. It wasn't a late hit, by the way. So if you're gonna complain about that, just shut up. Um but slide. Go down. Do something better than what you did. Uh offensive line. I, I want to say this is the worst game that they've had as a unit. They've played relatively consistently. They've played relatively well for the entirety of the season. This was the worst game easily by far. Run game, they got bullied back. Passing game, consistent pressure from the interior and on the edge. It, it was rough as a unit. Uh, there's no way around that. Got to improve. Got to get better. Trevor Etienne, great as a runner. We know that. It was nice to see the running backs get involved, get targeted, at least in the passing game. Also, Trevor Etienne was kept in the pass protect a little bit. And you guys know, I, I care when running backs can pass protect or can't pass protect. Easily his best game as a pass protector. That's not saying much. But to say he had a good game as a pass protector is something that says much. You know, he's been horrible all year in pass protection this year or this week. Best game he's played as pass protector, and he looked good while doing it. So maybe he gets more looks. He, I don't know if it's him kind of buying into the technique more, buying into the mentality more, but he looked better as a pass protector than he looked this entire season. So that's something to say for Trevor Etienne. I know a lot of people don't care about that. To me, to Billy Napier, to the staff, that means a lot. And to NFL teams, that's going to mean something. But we're about to look at the defensive side of the ball here now because it it was good but bad we'll say but first we're going to take a quick word from bet online because the florida gators were 22 and a half point underdogs against the georgia bulldogs this past saturday and once again the trend continues florida covered the spread yeah barely they lost 42 20 but once again florida covered the spread they did that, and that, that continues to be the trend. When they are uh, underdogs, they cover the spread. When they are favored, they have not covered the spread at all this year. You can make money doing that. Just keep just keep it right. It, it's been long enough in the season now where you could say that's going to continue to be a trend. Check it out on BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And looking at the defense's performance against Georgia, I will say this. Genuinely, and I realize this is insane to say when you give up 42 points. Genuinely, this is one of the best defensive showings that Florida put up this entire season. Again, (laughs) I realize that's... Yes, saying a lot, not saying a lot. Um, It says a lot about how bad the defense has been this year. But you look at this team and, yes, 42 points allowed, bad. Like, there is genuinely no way around it. There isn't. Um, But it is so incredibly difficult to do anything consistently when – it's just horrible offense. Like like three and outs incessantly. You look at the first few drives for Florida, three plays, four yards, punt. Three plays, six yards, 
punt. Three plays, one yard, punt. Three plays, negative two yards, punt. You start the game with four straight three and outs. You're going to have a bad time. Keep in mind, there is also another one three and out, three play touchdown drive. There was a five play turnover on downs. Like there has been so, there were so many short drives from Florida. And that's something that Florida has done a lot this year is have short offensive drives followed by a punt and the defense is like, oh dear Lord, we're already exhausted. We're already overpowered. We're already out talented, we'll say. But again, 42 points is bad. It is very, very difficult to do anything consistently when you are on the field for 80 plays. 80. That's a lot. <laughs> like when you're on the field for 80 plays, that sucks. Um, and Florida had a couple of drives that went kind of long, but they were too far and few between where it was like, and that's also been an issue where Florida has had these explosive touchdown drives where, I mean, it, it's an issue, but it's like a good issue where you scored so quick, but your defense is right back on the field. But Florida had play had drives that went five plays or more once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven times, and five of them were in the second half when you were already down 28-3 at halftime. No no duh, the defense looked better. Defense allowed 28 points in the first half when they were consistent three and outs and they were consistently put back on the field. Second half, Florida had some drives going and Florida's defense allowed 14 points. Do you see the issue? If your offense is consistently turning the ball over quickly or punting quickly, it's very difficult for your defense to do anything consistently, but the defense against Georgia played a great game for the most part. They did a consistent, they did a job of being consistently in place to make a play. You look at Amari Bernie, the, the long Brock Bowers touchdown, Amari Bernie deflected the ball and it went up. You look at Amari Bernie, forced fumble, one drive, a pick the next. Um, Jadarius Perkins just absolutely dogging that one receiver. And, and I forgot who the receiver was, but ripping the ball away from him was insane. Trey Dean breaking up the, I believe it was, I believe it was a third down uh, pass attempt to, I think it was Brock Bowers. Um, but Trey Dean breaking up that passing play. There were a lot of plays where Florida, they were in position to make plays. And I feel like that's kind of all you can really ask for. Florida went into the game. They had the forced fumble that they recovered. They had the two interceptions. They had three passes that got broken up. Like they, they made great plays consistently, and they were cons- and even if they didn't make the play, they were in position. And I get it. Obviously, we're not like, oh well, you were in position. That's all that matters. No, but making the play matters. But for a defense that has struggled to do anything this year to kind of put it together, I think that you have to be at least a little bit appreciative that they get, that they did it in arguably, I don't know, I said arguably, that they did it in the biggest game of the year. I will say arguably, maybe outside of Utah, because Utah was like Billy's first game, first home game of the season, kind of trends or tone setter for the game. Um, but obviously Georgia still means more. But it, it was great to see them be in position. What it wasn't great to see was the defensive line continues to be soft and get pushed back incessantly. I don't care 
how many snaps Javon Dexter is playing. I understand that that's a reason for why he hasn't been good late in games. But people are like, he's playing so many snaps, he's got to save his energy for late in games. Guess what? He's been sucking late in games. What is he saving his energy for? He doesn't. He's saving his energy so he plays bad in the first half. But he's tired in the second half, and that's why he plays bad. Is he saving his energy, or is he, or is he expending his energy? Because I don't know what's going on, but he's playing poorly, and there's no other way around that. Chris McLellan played levels better than him against Georgia. I also don't care about Javon Dexter's getting double teamed. I don't. I don't care. Elite defensive tackles get double teamed all the time. They make plays after that. That's it. Like I, I don't understand this nonsense. I get it. We love Javon Dexter. I love Javon Dexter too. You got to stop just making excuses for players you love, and and dunking on and not giving credit to players that you don't love. Just stop. it's stupid just stop jeez also in the secondary i think everybody had a a wild breath of fresh air because of course florida played quite a bit man defense against georgia and that was something that we all wanted them to do and i think myself included a lot of us didn't think they would do even though we were like hey this is a smart thing to do played man defense played pretty well um I, I think that that's kind of all you can really ask for them, right? Like like the secondary showed up, they did what they had to do. And I think it's difficult to really fault them. And I get it also, yes, like tight ends cooked. Travis Johnson got cooked. Rashad Torrance didn't play fantastic in coverage. Trey Dean had one of the best games of his career. I don't care who you're talking to, who you're asking. If they say that that's cap, that's cap. Um Jason Marshall's penalties, stupidest penalties and worst penalties I've ever seen. Not in the sense of stupid as in he executed them stupidly and it was a stupid decision on his part. Stupid in the sense that neither of his penalties should have been penalties. Let alone one of them should have been against Lad Lad McConkey. Stupid name. Uh, (laughs) Fight me about it, Lad. I don't care. Um, But now we're about to take a look at the... Gators' biggest needs at this point, because we're eight games in. We're two-thirds of the way through the season for the Florida Gators. We know there are a lot of needs. We're about to take a look at them after a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're taking a look at the biggest needs for the Florida Gators, whether it's through recruiting or the portal, how you address them, what it is. First off, I'm still saying O-line, because we're not talking about addressing needs for this year. We're talking about addressing needs for next year. I think O-line is still one of the biggest needs here. I think that there's very little depth along this offensive line. You look at who's likely gone after this year, at least along the offensive line, or not even likely. We'll say we'll say who might be gone along the offensive line. And we're just going to look at starters when we say it, where Richard Garage. I don't believe he, and, and here's the thing with COVID eligibility, it's a nightmare. Uh, but we'll, we'll say Richard Garage, probably. We'll say Osiris Torrance, probably. We'll say Josh Braun is, well, we know. And then you look at, you've got Ethan White returning. Kingsley Aguakun is a maybe. I think he should come back, but he's playing, honestly, besides the Georgia game, he's played pretty damn well. Uh, and then, I mean, you've got Austin Barber, Michael Tarquin, and your tackles for next year, assuming Michael Tarquin's back. Then it's just a bunch of guys who, who've 
played well. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from Richie Leonard. Not going to take a single thing away from him. Not going to take anything away from Ethan White. Not going to take anything away from him. But I, I think that you definitely have a depth issue at the very least. You've got a potential top-level talent issue. Also, if you're looking at this offensive line, you could definitely add help. I think in the offensive line, you've got three guys coming in. One of them is Roger Kearney, who everybody's loving. I think you need to look to the portal specifically for the offensive line. Actually, all three of the positions I have, you should look for in the portal. Just realizing that. Offensive line, you add someone in the portal that can immediately play just in case the freshmen aren't ready to play. It's a similar thing with defensive line. So, yes, the defensive line is one of the positions that I have here. It's the next position that we're talking about right now. This whole defensive line has underwhelmed. Okay? We know how good Britton Cox Jr. can be. We know how good Javon Dexter can be. Neither of them have gotten it done at a consistent rate this year. And neither of them have been finishers this year. Brenton Cox, I do believe, is completely out of eligibility. I believe this year is his COVID year. Javon Dexter, we know, has eligibility remaining. But, I mean, it, it feels like the signs say he's going to go to the NFL. Um, that stinks. So you're losing, again, I, I believe you're definitely losing Brenton Cox Jr. You're likely losing Javon Dexter. If you lose both, that really puts you in a tough spot in defensive line talent. And Bud Davis, who was here last Tuesday, he was talking about how true freshman defensive linemen very rarely are good. Obviously, you could become good later, but very rarely are true freshman defensive linemen good in the SEC. That's a bit of an issue for the Florida Gators because they have a ton of defensive linemen coming in next year. They have a, a clear needed defensive line. But... And odds are one of them will be good, right? Chris McClellan's been very good in his very limited snaps. He should be seeing more snaps. Odds are next year you'll see some freshman defensive linemen come in and be able to contribute. But I think you have to be safe. You have to hedge your bets here. Bring in a portal defensive tackle, specifically defensive tackle, and, and just try to make something work. This defensive line, you got to bring in someone who's mean, nasty and ready to fight somebody off rip because it's even the line like i said they've been soft they've been underwhelming including the two top guys here brenton cox jr and javon dexter i won't say brenton cox jr has been soft i especially against the georgia game there was that one touchdown run where it was like brenton cox with the running back and the georgia offensive lineman pushing the running back and it was just brenton cox making the play trying to make the play he eventually got pushed into the end zone but trying to make the play I think you cannot take that away from Brandon Cox Jr. So there's that. But I will say, yeah, defensive line needs help, needs an immediate impact player. And numbers say you won't get too much positive impact from the true friend. You might get impact, but I don't know if it's going to be good impact. And the final position that I really think you've got to look to the portal to, linebacker. And that one's clear, right? 2023, you've got Jaden Robinson. 2024, you've got Miles Graham already, one of the top linebackers. You, you've got youth that's going to come in but you don't have it right now and ventrell miller and amari bernie gone after this year they're gone i would be stunned if there wasn't also someone that gets lost to the portal this year along this linebacker group like whether you're looking at i mean dewan black should have another year at least for the covid year but he might grad transfer wouldn't shock me one bit if he grad transferred Scooby Williams, I think, will be back. Shamar James, I think, will be back. 
Uh, Derek Wingo would not shock me at all. Honestly, with Derek Wingo, I'd be shocked if he stayed. He has played so, so minimally this year. And Dewan Black also has played so minimally. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think either of them will be here, but I do think Derek Wingo is a better football player than Dewan Black. Dewan Black is clearly a better athlete. Derek Wingo, I think, is a better football player, better linebacker than Dewan Black, and he has not played for Jack Diddley's squad. No, no other way around it. Again, Scooby Williams should be back. Like, like right now, next year the starting linebackers look like they'll be Shamar James and Scooby Williams, which kind of terrifies me. Um, but that's why I'm like, you got to add somebody in the portal. Add a portal linebacker. Linebacker, I feel like, is another position where freshmen don't really contribute early, and they, and if they do contribute, they're not contributing positively. So add add a portal linebacker, preferably one that's like, hey, man, I just want to stuff the run and make some plays there and be a leader. I think that's what you got to do. Offensive line, defensive line, linebacker. You need help. You need help in, in, in the, the heavy positions, we'll call them. Get some portal help because I don't know how much contribution you're going to get from freshmen. But that's it for today. That's my rant. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators, more thoughts from the Georgia game. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage and the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country. Stay safe if you're doing anything today. Happy Halloween, everybody. And I will hopefully see you all tomorrow.